I love immersing myself into things. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes it doesn't serve my life. And sometimes the balance between the two is very thin indeed. Welcome to the 29th episode of the Leader Rising Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Paul Carvanis. We're here for the seekers and the trailblazers, the people who want more and who are determined to get more for themselves. Life is often good. And yet, and yet, there's more out there. And we know there is, and we want more. We know that we can have a life that we love, work that we enjoy, and people we love around us. And we can be making a difference both in their lives and the world. And we know, too, that growth is possible, improvement is possible, and we're not willing to accept less for ourselves. So about a week ago, I gave my infantry the order to move forward. The spearmen were holding the hill. I had the archers on um, the higher ground above them with the bolt thrower to really pepper the enemy as they advanced. But the enemy outnumbered us, and so they crashed into the spearmen. The spearmen were holding, but I knew that they weren't going to be able to hold for long. And so I told the archers and the artillery, focus on the units at the edge. And then I brought the heavy cavalry, swung them around, and crashed them into the side of the unit, routing them. And then the line proceeded to just roll up. It was a close battle at first, and it ended up being a rout, a total bloodbath. And this was just one of the battles that I played as part of Total War, Warhammer 2, over a period of a few days while I was totally addicted before I got my addiction under control. And it's not the first time that something like this has happened to me. In fact, I've always thought of myself as someone with an addictive personality, in part because my parents said I had an addictive personality, and in part because the things that I witnessed in life proved it to be true. There was, I think, a three-ish week period in high school where I went through seven or eight books uh, but they weren't your regular books. They were your classic high fantasy epics. So like 11 to 1,200 pages each. There's a lot of reading to do in two and a half to three weeks. And yet I did it. I like read it all the time. I read it at night. I would turn on the lights after everyone else went to sleep and read until the wee hours of the morning. I'd bring the book with me to school. I'd read the book on the walk to school. When I got to school, I would read in between classes. I'd read during my classes if I could get away with it. I love immersing myself into things. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes it doesn't serve my life. And sometimes the balance between the two is very thin indeed. And so a week ago, I noticed that Total War had flipped from one side of the scale to the other. It was no longer serving me. It was now holding me back. And I needed to do something about it. And we all know people who are addicted to alcohol. We know people who are addicted to drugs, whether it's softer stuff like weed or harder stuff. I know people that are addicted to work, who work all the time, and who use work as an escape to avoid having to deal with unpleasant things or difficult, uncomfortable things. We're pretty much all of us addicted to our phones. I spent a whole episode talking about this, uh, episode 21, 
And a lot of us are addicted to Instagram, Facebook, or your other social media poison of choice. And a lot of us are addicted to being busy. Because when we're busy, we use it as a bit of a hedge against emptiness, where we don't actually have to face our choices and our life and where we are. James Clear, in his book Atomic Habits, talks about the four characteristics of habits. All habits have all of these characteristics. The first one is cue. Something reminds you of it. The second one is craving. Once you're reminded of it, you think, oh, I want that. The next one is response. After you want it, you do it. And the final one is reward. After you've done it, you feel good about having done it. Every habit has these four characteristics. Even the habits where you think they wouldn't, like let's say drinking, smoking, where you know it's bad for you, you still have that immediate reward. As much as a long-term consequence is not that great for you, the short-term consequence is great. You know, you get that hit that you want. You get that social lubricant. And now the key is every habit has every one of these characteristics. And so if you want to get rid of a habit, all you need to do is break any one of these links in the chain. If you want to get rid of a habit, break any of the links in the chain and that habit will go away. So here I was, I'm addicted to this computer game. I bought it because it was on sale a few weeks ago. I had a really tough day at work about a week and a half ago and thought, you know what, Paul, you deserve a treat. And so I installed it. I played it all weekend, which is hard to do when you've got a partner and a kid, but somehow I managed. Monday, I put it away so I could do my law job. And Tuesday, when it was time for me to work on this, you know, the podcast, the coaching, I pretty much didn't do any of it. I just sat there and played all day. And the problem too is because I'm so interested by the tactics and the other stuff, Sunday night, I couldn't sleep for hours because I was just laying in bed thinking about all this stuff. And so I was fighting something and normally my body would have just shrugged it off. And instead, because I was getting less sleep and not recovering properly, I got hit with it hard. So I, I got sick and the sickest I've been in a while. So Tuesday rolls around, like I said, I'm playing this game and I'm feeling gross, both because I'm sick and because I'm just disgusted with myself. And so I take this position of uh, being disgusted with myself and turn it into a strength. I delete the game. Now, this is not the end of the road, right? I still own the game in my account. I can re-download it, reinstall it if I want to play it again. But what I've done is I've increased the barrier to entry. So if we look at the four things, cue, craving, response, reward, I've made that response so much harder. Because now when I have the craving, I can't just go and play. It's not as simple as firing up the computer. I've got to wait for hours while it re-downloads. By the time I'm ready to actually act on it, the craving's gone. It's had a ton of time to cycle through and be replaced with something else. And now I think that the different characteristics of habits are going to be useful depending on what habit it is you're trying to break. So for this computer game addiction, the response was by far the easiest. Right? Everything reminds me of the game. I really want to play it. 
And so trying to attack the cue or the craving is going to be pretty difficult. The reward could be done, but I find that in cases like this, just knowing myself, having been addicted to things in the past, the easiest thing to do is to go cold turkey. If it's something manageable like a book, I'll just power through the book and then the book is done and then I'll be cold turkey. If it's something like one of these video games where you can spend over a hundred hours on it pretty easily, well, powering through isn't always the smartest decision. So what I did was I, another name for what I did was what some people call the Ulysses Pact, or as us Greeks like to say, the Odysseus Pact. So in the Odyssey, they are sailing by the sirens and Odysseus really wants to hear their song, but he knows the stories. If he hears the song, he's going to want to swim out to them, and he will drown. So for everyone else in the crew, he makes them stuff their ears with wax so that they can't hear the song. For him, he doesn't because he wants to hear it, but he also makes them tie him to the mast and says, no matter what I say, no matter what I threaten, you cannot untie me until we're through. What he did there was restrict his future options. It's one of the things I did by deleting this game. I now no longer have the option to play. The only option open to me is to re-download, reinstall, and then play. But different things for different vices. I also happen to like sweets. And way back when, when I was trying to eat more healthy, I found that the easiest thing to do was to get them out of the house. So the same thing, making it difficult, attacking the response. But nowadays, actually, I find that it's enough for me to just simply remove the cue. If I keep all of the delectables out of sight and out of mind, it's much easier for me to just pass them by. I no longer get the craving for them if I don't see them. The other thing you can do if you're trying to attack the craving is you can reframe your mindset. You can highlight the benefits of avoiding. So even though I know where all the chips are here, and sometimes I do want them even though I can't see them, I know the benefits of avoiding the chips. And so when I compare the craving that I have now versus the craving I would have had for them, say, seven or eight years ago, there's a material difference between them. The final thing to attack is the reward. You can make it unsatisfying for yourself. And there's different ways to do this. If you can get an accountability partner, someone who you know is counting on you to do it and who will be disappointed if you break it, then you can add that disappointment to the consequences register and it does change the equation. Maybe it doesn't change it enough for it to net out negative and for you to avoid the habit, but sometimes what you can do is a combination of these things. You know, for this computer game, I just did one. I just attacked the response. But instead of attacking one of them with 100%, you could put 25% into each and still get to the same place. The other thing you can do is do a habit contract. You write a contract with someone. If I do this, you will do that. Here, I'm going to give you 100 bucks to hold in trust. If I play computer games, you donate that $100 to charity or you keep it. The thing about the 
the reward is that we are predisposed for the immediate reward. Right? That's why we all eat cake, even though we know it ain't that great for us. So to the extent that there's multiple rewards and you're trying to attack that part of it, hey, try and attack something a little bit closer to yourself. I would be remiss if I didn't spend at least a minute talking about the opposite side of the scale, building new habits. You see, if you're, when you're breaking a habit, all you need to do is to break one link in the chain before it doesn't work. When you're building a new habit, you need to build all of the links together. You need to focus on all four because if any of them doesn't pan out, you're not going to end up building the habit. So for the cue, you've got to make it obvious. You've got to make sure you know, whether it's one cue that's super obvious or whether you have a number of cues, whatever the new habit you're trying to build is, make sure you see it and you think about it. You got to make it attractive. You got to make it, you want to do it so that when you notice it, you get the craving for it. You got to make it easy. And this is for the response. The hardest part about the response is starting it. Once you've started and you've committed, it's a lot easier. So you've got to master that initial moment of getting over your inertia and changing your momentum. And the final one is make it satisfying. You got to reward your new good habit. You got to reward it in a way that's congruent with it. So like if you are trying to save money, you shouldn't reward it by going out and buying a whole bunch of new stuff. But maybe you can reward yourself with something else. I mean, one way to do it is to have a habit tracker. The old Jerry Seinfeld rule, where he said, I have a calendar and I put an X on each day where I write a joke. Right? That X feels good. Use that to your advantage. Make that one of your rewards. So make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying. And so I want to leave you with one question. In my little story here, I had to say no to the computer game. And in the week since, I've been incredibly productive. It's as if in the four or five days where I spent playing the game and eventually becoming disgusted with myself, I created this pent-up store of energy that's just resulted in a ton of productivity since. And so the gain that I got was as a result of saying no to something. So I want to ask you right now, what is something, one thing, in your life that you need to say no to? And I also want you to think of one person, one person who would benefit from hearing about this today, who's got something that they've either been struggling to deal with, or you think maybe they should deal with. And I invite you to send this episode to them. Thank you very much. Until next time, dream big, live bigger, and make today count.